Shelley Miscavige. She has not appeared in public since 2005. Where's Shelly and what happened? Where is Shelly? We're looking at like 17 years of a person just missing. Shelly Miscavige was given into the sole care of L. Ron Hubbard by her parents when she was 12. This is where Shelly is believed to be being held captive. Do you believe that Shelly Miscavige is a threat today? Oh, absolutely. She's seen it all. She's been by his side the whole time. Welcome back to the channel. I'm your host for today, Claire Headley, and this is my next episode of Where is Shelley Miscavige, in which we delve deep into who is Shelley and um, all aspects of how it can be that in this day and age, um, the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige, has managed to disappear his very own wife and the first lady of Scientology, Shelley Miscavige, for going on 18 years now. My guest for today is my very dear friend, Sterling Tompkins. Welcome, Sterling. Thank you I, so much. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're getting to do this. It's been way too long since you and I had the chance to catch up. So thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know how much I, I, I uh, love the entire SB Networks channels, and but but I'm I'm more partial probably to yours and Mark's in, in, in a big way, because we share so many uh, experiences together. Um, and you were, I don't know if you remember, you were my key to life soup. I do remember NLSD, that. Actually, key life NLSD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I w when I was watching your chat with Aaron uh, over on growing up in Scientology, I was remembering how much you loved baseball and how much that was a conflict for you. <laughs> oh, total conflict. <laughs> oh, I remember my we goodness. Had the, beepers, the beepers at one point that would actually read messages. And yeah. so you could get the scores and I would go into the bathroom during course when the World Series was on so I could just check the score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. How did I never know this about you, Sterling? <laughs> right, right. Well, and then when you moved to RTC, we had almost zero interaction. Yeah. I mean, we were on the same base for four or five years, and I think I maybe just saw you on your motorcycle during Saturday Renos, and that was it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and Mark, Mark, I've got tons of stories with. I, yeah, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I, I'm a proponent that you should start a channel uh, <laughs> because you have stories for days, and, you know, we all want to hear them. So, you know, yeah. we could do many, many collaborations on many different topics, and it would right. be amazing for all of us and entertaining at least for you, Mark, and I, if not anybody else. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I, you know, riding your guys' coattails would be awesome because Mark is so good. You guys are so much better at telling stories. I just like to add in the little parts that I remember that that maybe give it a little more context and fluff and fun. Uh, but you know, you guys are you guys are excellent. And and I also want to say I acknowledge I love how truthful you guys are. I oh I say this to Aaron, I say this to Janice. You don't need to embellish what yeah. happened. It was already horrific enough. And, and yep. the, the, the channels that I enjoy the most are the ones that are when I hear them talk and I'm like, and, and I was on the periphery of a lot of these things. You guys are just telling the truth. Right. You don't need to exaggerate anything. No, um, I know. I know. You're right. That was that was what was a little annoying when we first got out was like seeing all, it's like all this dark and da da da. And, bleh, and you're like, dude, just as straight as it is yeah. no no you know you don't need to you don't no. need to 
pile on. It's just, you know, straight scoop is far, far more relatable, honestly. Absolutely. And they have, they, they have to have all these TV shows now have little bits and pieces of your guys' stories. I mean, really, they do that. You can see parts of what you guys have talked about for the last 10 years. They need to do one. They can't say it's Scientology, but they need to do one with just all these stories compiled together of just the, the daily life there and just make it interesting. It would be a fantastic script and such a interesting show to watch, but oh, we'll for sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, so you, and, and so for our topic for today, where is Shelly Miscavige? I'll just start it off with you create a very unique anomaly in this, where is Shelly landscape in that you were not only her brother-in-law, <laughs> but also you were her nephew and only in Scientology would that not be um, a little startling. So <laughs> why don't you walk us through that? <laughs> I'll, I'll walk you through it. Uh, so everyone needs to get out their notepads uh, yes. because the family tree is so twisted and turny uh, that it's sometimes difficult to, to hang on to. But here's how it goes. Okay. <clears throat> I, I was born to foster and Biddy Tompkins in 1976 in Florida. I have a twin brother, Justin. We are born <clears throat> and uh, at, at Flag, um, Morton Plant Hospital. And uh, I think about 1978, my parents split. Uh, my father, Foster, ended up marrying Barbara Tompkins. And uh, I went with my dad. Uh, Justin ended up with going with Biddy. And she ended up marrying Ronnie Miscavige Jr. So Dave's older brother, and Ron Miscavige Jr. Um, at about five or six years old, uh, Ronnie and Biddy actually left the Sea Org and they took Justin and they moved to New Hampshire. Philadelphia first, then New Hampshire. At about the same time, uh, my dad, Foster, got uh, transferred to LA to start up income. And so he was the, I actually don't know what his title was, but he started income and, and Barbara was actually the CO, commanding officer of income. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was in because she became a CS later. So that's a little known fact that she was actually the commanding officer. And I don't know what she or how that she got removed from that. Uh, I think I mentioned to Aaron or or maybe Janice, but when they when they got removed from that, they were sent to the base to do the RPF. And I woke up with Claudia Olander and her husband in their bed one morning to go to school. <laughs> I told that story. Where I, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that, those aren't my parents, but they had to leave someone to watch me. And my Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I yeah. can totally relate. By the way, I've had that. My mom was on the RPF when I was six or seven. The Rehabilitation Project Force, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, yeah. slave camp reprogramming, basically, yeah. in a nutshell, right? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, the, and the kids shouldn't be affected by that, but, you know. The only nice thing was that Claudia was obviously a nice person. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Claudia and Chris nice. were both very nice people. Chris. I was trying to remember his name. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Chris yeah. Olander. Yeah. That's right. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So to bounce forward, uh, Justin comes back. Uh, oh, in 1984, Foster and Barbara have a son uh, named Nathan, who's my half-brother. Okay. Um, and I like to use the word half just because Aaron doesn't understand why I don't just say brother, <laughs> but I think no, I do. I understand. Yeah. So you're, so same dad. No. Yes. Same. So Foster was your dad. Barbara is yes. not your mother. Biddy you is it. your mother. That's right. right. Yeah. No, it's an important distinction. Half uh, versus step versus actual is, is a real thing. And, and, and I make a distinction because of Justin. So, so it's just clear that Justin and I are actual, you know, full brothers. And, and right. if I didn't have, if Justin wasn't there, you wouldn't, you'd just say my little brother, Nathan, but right. half brother, Nathan at the, almost the same time, uh, Ronnie and Biddy had Jenna in, yep. uh, in New Hampshire. 
<clears throat> and so some, again, Jenna is your half sister. That's right. So same mother. Okay. We have the yes. same mom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somewhere in in the late eighties, um, Justin moves back. Uh, Ronnie and Biddy join the Sea Org again. Uh, Justin and Jenna are now in LA with me. Um, and there's you know Justin's in the Cadet Org sometimes. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. Jenna's in the nursery with Benjamin Rinder. Uh, Taryn Rinder's there at that time. Uh, we're all like this. Darius Wilhair was also there. So we're like this core kind of group of kids that still, you know stayed together from the time the the baby boom happened back in Florida. Um, yes. Moving forward, Justin go, and Jenna go to the ranch in the early 90s. I go to the ranch after being in SEMO pack for a little bit. We're all back together at the ranch. <clears throat> Coming to mid-90s, we uh, Justin and I both graduate to be in SEMO gold. Jenna okay. is still at the ranch. Nathan's still at the ranch. In 1994, 95, uh, probably late 95, I meet uh, Suzette, Suzette Barnett. Yeah. Um, and Suzette Barnett is Shelly's half uh, sister. Uh, right. They, they share the same father. Um, yes. They actually looked quite a bit alike, too. They did. Um, yeah. So yeah. They yeah, do. They, really did. they do. Not they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Um, and uh, it was an interesting thing. I mean, there was. Someone actually said, oh, by the way, you should meet this girl, Suzette. She's really cute. I didn't really put two and two together on that or that there was any family connection. She was just, it was slim pickings, as you know, right? It was. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there yes. Wasn't a Mark giant talks about pool. that all the time. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a giant pool. Um, I had some competition, you know, like Jamie did coat uh, in between the times I would get to go see Suzette in L.A. When on a CSP on Sunday morning, I would just leave and try to go see her because she was in L.A. and I was up at Int at the time um, okay. or gold. I remember Jamie did would, would go down sometimes and, and talk to her and she would call me and tell me, why did Jamie come down to see me? So there was a whole that's a whole nother story. I'm going to get off on, the, on tangent, but that's OK. I ended up marrying Suzette in 1996. OK. And so. Because Ronnie is related to Dave, and he was married to my mom. I was, and he's your stepdad. Yeah, and, and Ronnie was my stepdad. Though they didn't raise me, and I never officially lived with him. He was my stepdad. Okay. Um, I was, you know, I would get gifts every once in a while from 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 Dave and Shelley for my birthday, and I was I was the nephew. She she wrote it in a card once, you know, um, and so yes, yeah, oh, so when touching. I married, she wrote it in a card once. Yeah, once <laughs> touching. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Justin we'll get off topic. Got better gifts though. I just have to uh, say, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and he somehow, well, he carried the Miscavige name when I knew him. That's right. Unofficially, you, yeah, I know. For the longest time, I didn't even know that you guys were fraternal twins. It was just everything about it was, you know, like like many other things. It. it at that property it was just kind of a mind warp yeah and compartmentalized you would say it would be the yeah it was a little yeah. that well i yeah. tell the story about about the whole in base survey stay on base or stay off base and and both justin and i answered that off base so the, the wrong answer oh i was sent to ogh to sleep for the night in lower conditions marty rathman came down to justin and gave him a pardon what because his That's name unfair. was miscavige yeah, Unbelievable. And of course, we're talking about just for context so people know what you're talking about. Yeah. What what year was that? Like 1993, I think. I think roughly. So, yeah. yeah. Roughly. So there was there was a survey done of <laughs> where you, everyone was asked, Oh, do you want to live on base 
on the property, which we didn't live on the property at the time. Right. We lived in town at the apartment buildings, two different apartment buildings. Or do you want to live off base? And so because we already were living off base and we could go to, for example, you know, the store on a Sunday morning, if we were lucky, compared to never even being able to leave the property, many people were like, well, I want to go off base because right. then I can keep going to Vaughn's. Right. And so it was a trick survey, which was very unfair. And and remember at that at that time, at that time on Friday nights when people got home or Saturday nights, we would rent movies every once in a while and order pizza and hang out in the jacuzzi or the swimming pool that yep. completely stopped in 1995 96 when the whole lisa Mc... we didn't i didn't know at the time but that's when dave turned super tyrannical towards yep. you know everyone and we used to we used to actually got to hang out i remember hanging out with people and that just came to a complete stop at one point it was unfortunate because yep. it was fun but it did come to a complete stop yeah um yeah. okay so so married to married to Suzette. Uh, okay, so wait, so you were walk in one of those, weren't you? You were at one of the weddings. I remember one of the weddings, maybe. Wh oh, there so was what? Three. <laughs> there were three weddings. Yes, in two days. What? I think it's a record. Yeah. So I was nineteen. Okay. And Suzette was seventeen. Okay. So Foster drove us to Vegas. Oh my gosh, you have so many parallels. That's that's the age Mark and I were when we got married, and Mark's dad drove us to Vegas. But go ahead. Where did you get married crazy. in Vegas? Um, at, oh my gosh, the little white chapel or something like that. Yep. That's where I got married <laughs> in Vegas. Same place. Michael Jordan got married there too. Just, you know, <laughs> for what it's worth, <laughs> yeah, for what it's worth. That was the coolest part about it. You know? Um, <laughs> okay. So we, so we got married there in the morning, drove down back to gold, got okay. married at gold okay. for all the staff there. And then drove down that night to celebrity center and got married the next morning in celebrity center so all the family the, the family that didn't know about gold or couldn't go there foster's family uh barney all that stuff um could be the, at, at the wedding uh, wow so, yeah. so we so, got married at celebrity center too <laughs> it was a thing <laughs> <laughs> so what what month and year was this uh february 23rd 1996 february 23rd 1996 okay so that was right before that was like three weeks before I got promoted to religious technology center. So maybe oh, wow. I was, maybe I was at the, at the wedding that you had at the base. I, I know I wasn't at the one at celebrity center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th I think you were, I think you were, I don't know why I distinctly remember that, but I, I believe you were. And, yeah. and you know that, that um, Amy has a whole part in this story. Amy so, Scobie. Yep. Oh, do tell. Whole part. Okay, so and she and, and we need to get her to talk about it. It would be interesting to hear her her end on it. But what I know is that when I in, got engaged with Suzette, and even when I married her, she still wasn't at Int yet. She was in CMYXU as a CC programs ops. Okay, meaning and, as the program, the person who would run programs over a celebrity center. And Amy was a CMYXU at the time, and uh, Suzette was one of her star pupils, and you know, up and coming. So she had to give her up and was just not happy about that. But I believe she did it just because she was like, okay, I, I can see, you know, you want to be with Sterling and, and I would love to hear her take on that, but that I didn't know that until a lot later, but she was the reason that was able to happen at, at wow. some point. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because most often 
in Sea Org practices, they wouldn't really care that she right. was in LA and that you were at Int. It wouldn't be a, a priority for somebody to resolve that. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. She'd have to replace herself and, you know, all the, the whole rigmarole you have to go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how, that's how, that's how Shelly and I are related. And I do remember a couple months after, uh, and I believe, I think it was a Sea Org day. She came up to me and was like, yeah, you know, so how, how's it going with the whole incest thing? Oh <laughs> my <joke>. gosh. <laughs> and I, I had to look up incest. I had no clue what incest meant. <laughs> Um, but oh my gosh, that's funny because the, the other term that would get thrown around a lot at the at the base by my recollection was yeah. nepotism. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because Biddy and Jenna and anyway, that, that's a whole other topic. But so let me ask you: so was Shelly at at your wedding? Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. And I I have photos of my wedding, and I've been looking through them to try to find it, but I realized they probably removed. They probably took. When my stuff was sent to me, I believe they took out the photos, the wedding photos that Shelly is in. But wow. her sister Camille's in there, Tracy Orchu's in there, Micho Danelovich, Darius Wilhair, Jesse Reese. I mean, uh, um, you can see the whole wedding party in there. And, and um, oh, the lady that sued and settled and got a ton of money uh, went through her PC folders. Oh, Laura. Uh, yes. Laura DiCrescenzo, I don't know what her last name is now. She was she was in the wedding party as well. Wow. And Jenna was the flower girl and Nathan was the ring bearer. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Um, That's yeah. crazy. And so what was your relationship with Shelly like leading up to the wedding? Uh, it, was, it was nice. It was okay. nice. So she would, when I did see her, she'd always smile and ask me how I was doing. Uh, a couple times she asked Justin and I to come into the officer's lounge to take pictures with us. Um, and just genuinely smiled and was nice. Um, and even when I was in um, uh, Pool IC in, in Simo Gold, uh, one, one New Year, she invited me to come out with, with, uh, with, you know, she just said, do you want to come with us? We're going, I think she's going to Knott's Berry Farm or something the next day, obviously that whole group. And I actually turned her down. Um, mm. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll never, I, I, I know why I did, but I, I don't understand completely. Maybe I was a little bit, uh, I, I had, been having a horrible time on the pool IC position and I just wasn't doing good. And my stats were down for six weeks and I was kind of getting in trouble. So I kind of said, well, I don't deserve to go for that reason. So I, hmm. I turned her down on going, which is weird in the end. So I would have had a better story there, unfortunately, but, um, <laughs> though uh, maybe not. I've heard people like when I was talking with Amy Scobie about her friendship with Shelly, she said at one point, Shelly had invited her to come sit with her and Dave at dinner. Uh-huh in uh, MCI Massacre Canyon Inn. And Amy was like, yeah, no, because Dave's just going to rag on me full time and give me a hard time. And, uh, you know, and that's yeah. not going to be enjoyable for the 30 minutes we get to eat dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, so you guys get married. Mm -hmm. So what, tell me some of your memories with Shelly that stand out. Um, Really, uh, those few interactions I told you about. Um, yeah, she had a, and everyone has different experience with her. I get that. I think I think Jenna has a horrible experience with with Shelly. Um, she just always came across to me as kind hearted and a little bit of the the fixer. The the I'm going to try to help smooth things out a little bit. After I got removed from Simo Gold and, and sent in the grounds, I did not see her 
at all. Hmm. The last time, except for obviously running around and doing her thing, the last time I had interaction with her, <laughs> um, and people people at Gold will remember this and be like, okay, we the course rooms, you, you had the practical side, two sides of the of the qual building, and then there's the practical side and the the theoretical side or theory side, and um, they were so cheap there that they wouldn't really air condition those rooms well enough, yeah. and. I, if everything's too still and quiet and my body temperature goes up, I will, I can pass out like mm -hmm. not, not pass out of exhaustion, but just, I get so tired. Yeah. Um, so listening to the drudgery that is LRH's voice over and over again, I was, I was in the course room listening to some sort of cassette or tape and I, and, and Dave apparently walked in for an inspection at the, you know, as, as he would do just to, you know, scare everyone. Um, and I just remember I'm sitting there on my tape deck and I'm like, I'm dozing off and I'm like, then I catch myself and all of a sudden I feel a hand on my shoulder. Oh, and, and I turn around and it's her and she goes, try to stay awake. And then I see Dave's looking at someone else and I realize she went out of her way to come over there. Wow, to, she saved you from his wrath oh, that in that did. moment. Yeah, she did because I was I was the only one passing out in that. I could never. It, and also Saturday night tape plays. Those you want to talk about what I think was the most torturous thing was the Saturday yeah. night tape plays after yes. you put us in the sun all day. Yep. Fed us cookies and ice cream for dinner, and then you expect us to stay awake for an hour. Tape play in in again MCI was always warm because they didn't really want to pay for the air conditioning, right? Um, but that that believe it or not, that's my last real story um, uh, with Shelley. Um, hmm. I didn't didn't get a whole lot, so I'm sorry if it's not as exciting. But I didn't. That's okay. It's, yeah, you know what? Like I said, you, you you present an anomaly in the in the interactions. But I'm curious if you recall what what Suzette's relationship was like with Shelley. Not good. Really? It was. Yeah. Suzette would come home and tell me, uh, and Stacy, there you go. Great question. Yeah. I wouldn't remember this unless you asked that question. Yeah. Um, Shelly was tough on Suzette. It was a little bit of a, I expect so much of you because you're my sister. And, and I think Suzette never felt like she was getting or reaching up to that level. Yeah. Um, and, and there was, when I did get removed from Simo Gold and busted in, into grounds, uh, Shelly did try to split us up. Really? Yeah. And I ha only have that third person from Suzette. But the Shelly apparently told Suzette once, you know, you're, and now at this point, Suzette had left Simo Gold and she was in Simo Wind. Um, and Shelly had told her, you know, that it's not good and most time couples shouldn't stay together if if one couple's like in Sima went and, and the other one's in gold, cause he's going to hold you down. Yeah. He's going to bring you down. And, um, and that I think was in relation to the fact that at one point after, uh, Mark Yeager had been removed from post. And you remember that whole. Thing. Oh yeah. That whole um, saga. Yeah, for sure. That's like, yeah. And I was in grounds and, um, Suzette was a Dura INR, Director of Inspections and Reports for SEMA Wind, and she was actually, she would come home, at, we were on different schedules, at that point, Int was coming home at 3, and I would come home at like 11. So and, you'd uh, get home at 11 p.m., she'd go home at 3 a.m. Right, yeah. yeah, and so she'd wake me up, and she would tell me stories sometimes. I was not paying attention, nor did I really care that much. So when she got removed from Dura INR, and she was now sent into the film lab, 
that was because she was telling me stories that she shouldn't have been telling me. And that's also when, um, that's also when, uh, Shelly told her you shouldn't, you know, you can't, he's going to hold you down she yeah. go to the film lab anyway. So, uh, but yeah, that was the story, which I never held, ag- I never really held that against Shelly. Didn't, didn't occur to me as something that was horrible, but in retrospect, you know, it's terrible to do that. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, mm-hmm. and Shelly did the same to me with Mark because Mark was obviously in, in golden era. Yeah. And I mean, that came from Dave. I never took that as directly coming from Shelly. I mean, Dave right. told me to my face in mid 2000, Oh, did you hear about the new personnel policy I'm implementing? And, mm-hmm. and I said, yes, sir. Cause Shelly had already told me, Um, And the new personnel policy was that you had to be married to somebody in the same organization. And he's telling this to me, knowing full well that I've already been married to Mark for eight years. And this will essentially mean that I'm either going to get kicked out or, you know, removed from my position simply because I refuse to divorce Mark or I'm going to have to divorce Mark. One of the two. I mean, what the heck? And that's Dave. He's going to say that to your face because yeah. he wants to twist the knife a little bit. And, and that, yeah. that, that that's absolutely how he is. It, it's, it's sickening, but, but it is the truth. And he is, you know, can I segue into something that's related to the subject? Of course. Um, <clears throat> so I've done, I've talked about the Int Ranch with, with Aaron, and this does tie right into what you just said about Dave. I've talked about the Int Ranch with Aaron and, and, you know, m- a lot of my memories from the Int Ranch were not horribly negative. Um, and I, so I, I kind of, and, you know, and he mentioned that some viewers had a problem with that, which is fine. Everyone can have their own opinion, but I thought about that. I went back to, okay, why? Um, because a lot of my bad memories are from pack. And then obviously from the wrath of being at gold when Dave was just ripping everything apart. Um, and I realized something I get. So in my formative years, you know, from like seven to 13, that's when you really needed your parents. Yeah. More than not. That's when that's when they're a bigger factor. And we had family time uh, when, when I was in pack. So I got to see Barbara once once a day and she would she would play baseball with me and hit fly balls. And I got to see Foster more often. There was libs. Now, Dave is the one that canceled that. OK, yeah. but I had already been through that stage. So by the time I get to the ranch, I'm like, hey, I don't got my parents, but I'm up here with motorcycles and all this kind of stuff and sports and so I was kind of happy. It's the age where, and you've got three boys, so you're probably uh, acutely aware of this. There's an age where you kind of want to get that separation. Now you feel like you're becoming a man and you can, you can do physical labor and, and doesn't make it right. I get right. that does not make it right. But if yeah. I'm building the room, I'm going to eventually sleep in or something like that. It didn't not make sense either. Well, yeah. a lot of these, the Laura Anderson's, the Jenna Miscavige, that young group, they didn't have their parents at all. They saw right. them once a week, if that. So now, you're at that formative age when you really need your parents. Well, that's the disgusting part right there. That's the part where, yeah, someone at that younger age needs their mom, needs their dad, needs that direction in life and how to do stuff. You know what I mean? The group with Justin, Mike Brown, Mike Norton, we were older. We were like, eh, we could see our parents or we couldn't see our parents. You know, it wasn't going to be the end of the world. And I think that's, for me, in my mind, where that separates. But now let's look. Dave is the one that took away family time. Right. Dave's the one that tried to split up the because he couldn't stand that that uh, the tie between a husband and wife could be far stronger than than the enticement of of the Sea Org or Scientology. And, yeah, and and, that and, would, and and his leverage and control yeah. over that person. 
And I, you know, I always think this when I've heard your story and I've read your story. I've, I've read, I've read Mark's book twice, listened to it twice. Um, <laughs> I've read Leah's book twice as well. And I've also read Jenna's book twice, but your story of being able to stick to your guns. I, all I got to say is bravo to you. Like it takes someone like you or Mark to stand up and say, I'm not doing that, or I'm not going to fall for that. Or, or I, I love that person enough. And that's, that's where I fall to. People go, well, why do you still say some people are good that were there that obviously have done some bad things? Because I could never let anyone, especially the church, tell me the character of another person because I make that judgment on my own. And Completely. you made that judgment on Mark on your own. And you said, no, I love this man. I'm going to stay with them. You know, vice versa. And I'm right. the same way. I love Foster. My dad, I love him. I yeah. love him. But the last conversation I really had with him was him trying to get me to look at Facebook and take you, Mark, Matt Price, anyone off. And I just said, no, because if wow. you're making, if you're deciding who my friends are and I'm a, and I'm an adult, then what free, I'm not free. Right. This is not a free country. I'm now going to live under the tyranny of whatever you decide. And I had to, I had to make that decision at that point, And I would take my dad any second back any second, but not under anyone else's terms or conditions. If that makes wow. sense. Yeah, yeah completely. I know yeah. it's brutal. And and by the way, um, and thank you for that, because I would never ask anybody to do that for me. I, I know how hard of a choice that is. It's really no choice at all. It's just pure evil. If you want to just, I mean, right. why do why should you have to choose between your dad and friends? And it is the, it's one of the most evil practices of Scientology, in my opinion, how they systematically destroy family connections. But anyway, yeah, they do. Foster, come yeah. talk to Sterling. <laughs> God damn it. You know, where you know who we are. <laughs> I, I may have ruined that chance with this, but, but, um, but you know what? Uh, Janice is going to do a video and maybe, maybe we can appeal to them, you know, saying, saying, acknowledging the people that are good there may also help them out a little bit. Right. Even, even if it's just a little bit, it's also absurd to think like, like here, um, like I knew you and Mark. So where do you think I was going to go? If I needed friendship, uh, a job, it's like, like I'm just trying to survive too. I mean, there right. was a friendship, but I was trying to survive. You guys gave me a job a after the crisis, after the, after the, the mortgage meltdown, I had nowhere else to go. Right. And you guys, employed me and then my dad asked me to not talk to, uh, why why would that even be a consideration you know so you guys anyways, uh, I, I can go on about you and and at the end of this video i gotta make sure i keep forgetting to acknowledge you and 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 leah about the whole danny masterson thing and, and making that making that happen and, and i always watch everyone else's video and it goes they should be thanking people but I now see when you start talking, <laughs> you can get you can get lost in the whole conversation and forget to say that, which um, is OK. And and yeah. don't make me cry either, because that's never fun for anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. You almost had me with Foster. So uh, I've done. Enough I know crying over you, that did, one. you did. You yeah. did have me, too. But yeah, <laughs> but I did want to make a comment, too. Yeah. So on the whole thing about the ranch experience and your perspective, my my take on that is a little different because okay. um, because obviously I grew up in the cadet org too. Not that you knew that because we would never compare notes, you know, right. when we were in. But I I think that's somewhat of a testament to the tenacity of children. And even though it's wrong, their ability to kind of just 
persistent, you know, it's, it's all relative. Like you had no other expectation other than the life you were living. So it's not like you were going to go, Oh, well I should have X, Y, and Z or any of that. And I don't know, again, just speaking from myself, that's the, the, some of the recovery process I've gone through has been gaining perspective through having my kids and realizing like, Holy, Holy moly, that's (laughs) how old I was when, you know, my mom joined the C organization, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I get that. I get that. And and coming from a mom, I mean, you truly do understand that dynamic, right? It, yeah. That that's it's invaluable. And you also go, let's take let's go back to ranch real quickly. If I had been if they had stopped me from playing sports, I would have been out of there. Let's yeah, let's be honest about that. If if sports had ever been cut out of the equation, I'm out of there. That's what happened at the end base eventually. We didn't have basketball anymore, we didn't have this, and it started to take its toll on me a little bit because that was my happy spot. I could tolerate so much, but if you didn't let me play sports, I was going to be a little bit of a, you know, it, it began to take its toll. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that end. totally makes sense. Oh, and so <laughs> were there any other noteworthy um, interactions between you and Suzette and Dave and Shelly in terms of that whole relationship that we should talk about? Yeah. Well, or, I mean, or not. No, no, I'm just, I'm trying to think. I mean, I have Dave stories for sure. Yeah. And I guess that would be relevant to, um, it you know, would. You guys talk about PDA. You guys have mentioned about it, that no one ever saw them. I did yeah. actually see them once, once being affectionate towards each other. Cause really? I was, pool, I was the pool I see. Yep. So I walked, I walked into the pool, uh, one evening. Um, and they decided to take a swim, but I had walked onto the deck of the pool and I, I looked down over onto the, where the, the pool is. I'm sorry, the, the boat deck. Yes. The pool's down there. And I yes. just remember seeing him hugging and kissing and it just, it always, it always shocked me because I was also just, a, I was 16 or 17 at the time. And I was like, Oh, whoa, whoa. And, and so I kind of just turned around and walked the other way, <laughs> but I'll never forget that. So every time someone says, Oh, I've never saw them be that together. I just remember that one time that I did, but they thought, they thought no one was there. And right. I just happened to be walking back to my job. Um, Interesting. And, and what, yeah. What yeah. year was that? Ooh, probably 90, oh, probably 92, 93. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah so, so Shelly, um, at least in later years, like especially after the Lisa McPherson and uh, after Lisa McPherson's wrongful death at the Fort Harrison in, I think that was December, 1995, I want to okay. say. I think, um, so after that, things got dramatically different, at least from my perspective and, and particularly in regards to David Miscavige and Shelley, even in 97, 98 was concerned that David Miscavige was having a psychotic break. Um, Right. Right. He had gotten just so erratic, so violent. I'm not sure if you ever saw any interactions between Dave and Shelly that were, you know, him being nasty or violent towards her. I'm curious on that. I didn't, I didn't, okay. but I was never in, you know, cause I was never in that position. I wasn't in all his meetings. Yeah. Um, uh, but I have no reason to believe that the people that did tell the stories that that w- occurred, you mentioned the Lisa McPherson. So that was before I was married. When I wrote a thank you note or I was asked the question, where am I going on my honeymoon? Dave responded with, well, you need to get back to post at some point. And, and I already could feel there had been some sort of 
change, but I never knew the Lisa McPherson thing. And so the beginnings of that, that lawsuit, that investigation was right about the time I was getting married to Suzette. And part of the reason probably why he did not come to the LA wedding and was kind of, you know, even, even at the gold wedding, he was just out of place a little bit. Um, and so, and why wouldn't he come to the LA wedding? His wife's going to be there. So it's his wife's family's down there. Right. It was right. So I think that, I think those two things kind of correlate. They were close together. Um, yeah. And then it was later in 96 is when I got removed from, uh, Simo gold, but, uh, and he had it out for me after that. There was no, no question. <laughs> he did. Well, Mark's got the best story about that, uh, about okay. this not nose little punk. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. then let's save that for a co- okay, yeah, collaboration yeah. with you and Mark <laughs> be and I, because awesome. that, that would be very fun. But so that reminds me, I don't think I specifically asked you. So did Shelly come to both of your weddings, both yes. at the base and in LA? 100%. She okay. Yeah. And so what was her interactions like with her family, like with Barney, Camille? Very sweet. Okay. Very sweet. Very nice. Um, and that could just be putting on a show, but the, uh, you, you legitimately, you could see she was probably happy to see them and be there i wish i had the photos to show that uh because there was a because uh jeff baker was shooting the wedding of course um, oh right because it was shelly's you know shelly's sister um right. so he was shooting and in fact the photos i have have the actual smv free wins on the side so they must have just used extra stock in f e when they printed the photos uh which is you know it's a long story to how that works out but i'm not gonna get into it um but i mean I wish Shelly would, would, would get out. Cause I, I think she was legitimately a nice person, uh, raised in that. Um, yeah. Do, do, do you know, by the way, that her, like her family got deep in when she was approximately six years old? I did not know that. And I, and I heard later about Flo Barnett did not know any of that stuff. And obviously yeah. I knew, I knew, I didn't know Barney knew you guys. Oh my know. gosh. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like we were talking before we started yeah. recording here, what like the the house in Burbank where we reunited. Yeah. Um, that was that was where our paths crossed with Barney as well. Barney was such a sweet person. Oh, he totally and was. yeah. And a yeah. hard worker too. Just a yeah. hard worker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you know? I we probably talked about this, but his biggest uh, you know he was so mad with Scientology because for, I think at least a year he was calling gold to ask to speak to Suzette and he was, they were just taking messages and Suzette was long gone. Like she'd been sent to Louisiana and they never told him that she was out. I did not. I did not. And they, and they never told me she was out either. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I had no clue. I just knew the, the whole, you know, what went down with that, with, you know, Matt Price and all that. Um, yeah. But I, I did not, I did not know. Nah, no, I didn't know that. And I never saw Barney again. I saw Suzette's mom again a couple of times. Oh, Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was Kathy like? Well, I told the story on Aaron's channel about the, the OT7 lady that, that was sure her friend was in the vestibule and was like, I feel that he's, I feel he's here. And I'm like, oh, you really feel oh, easier? I missed that. Oh, yeah. So I, we're talking about bad OT power stories. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was about her. I was just like, you know what? If you're going to give if you're going to lay it out, just toss it up for me to knock it out of the park. You're going to say that you have an OT power, but I can actually verify it on the on the spot. I'm going to go verify it. And of course, the, the people weren't there. <laughs> it was her <laughs> being a Scientologist, uh, you know, delusions of grandeur, unfortunately, but also a sweet lady. So um but I don't know yeah. what her relationship. I, I, I have not seen Suzette in 
and I saw her briefly, like in 2007 or 2008, I saw her at Nick and Amy's wedding. Nikolai Allen and oh, Amy's yeah. wedding. Yep. Um, we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was at the, in Malibu. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, so in I'm fact, not... one of my favorite pictures of my oldest son is one that John Lindstein took at that wedding. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he had well, a little suit was... and tie on. And... <laughs> <laughs> on the beach, because it was beautiful down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the last time I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, we, we didn't have a good marriage. Uh, under the circumstances, right? Like, how could you even possibly have a relationship uh, again, kudos to you and Mark. Like, it is not easy. No, uh, it well, is so tough. Yeah, yeah. And I always tell people, I'm like, Mark and I are a statistical anomaly. Yes. Like, it is a an absolute miracle because really, we, yes, we were married 13 years at that base, but then it was kind of like you have to start over because yeah. every, every structure, every parameter, every anything that means anything is all gone and you're starting over completely. Right. And now you're actually living with the person. So you actually have to see them all the time. <laughs> and wait, wait, Claire can cook. What's this? <laughs> What's this sorcery? <laughs> Are you sure? Cause it's been an awful long time and you haven't ever cooked a meal. <laughs> I know. Right. I remember the first time I cooked a meal too. You're, 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 well, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm going to do this myself. You're like, hey, yep. you know, now with now with YouTube, you can cook anything. But even back in 2000, you know, not everything had caught up. You'd have to, you know, go. What do they have at these at the grocery store? They have these like, you know, 10 minute meal, five minute meal, four ingredient meals. You just buy those little magazines and you could go, you know, and cooking's fun because you got all these little, you know, measurements and stuff like that, which didn't know much about. Um, but it's it's an experience. It is. Yeah, for sure. And and also, too, I'm sure I'm sure you would agree with this. The freedom to be able to make whatever it is you want. Yes. Is kind of huge. <laughs> Super huge. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to, you didn't have to fight for, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which are still, even though my favorite at, at the base was the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, because you could make like six of them and pick them back with you. Um, <laughs> but we got stories. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. I guess I can just say that what everyone's been saying that that did was fond of Shelly. Um, Oh, and I think Shelly and I probably shared this one thing together is that we both hate Jenny Linson. <laughs> oh, me too. Count me in on that yeah, group. I, I want I want to keep mentioning her name to see if anyone ever actually stands up and says, no, you know what? I actually had a good experience with her because I don't think that's possible. Um, she was horrible. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and no Shelly, Shelly did not like Jenny whatsoever. I, did, I wouldn't think so, yeah. In yeah. fact, there were several times when Shelly ordered me to interrogate Jenny uh, because in Shelly's words, she was being a WH, that word, yeah, um, waving her, you know, her, whatever you call yes. them, yeah. her cans in front of his face. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's behind, that's the fascinating behind the scenes stuff that you, you had access to and, and hearing about stuff like that just starts to make sense with, uh, you know, you, everyone thinks that Dave Miscavige is this this priestly, godly figure that's 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 perfect. He is not. Nope. Yeah, and I would argue that he's not even that smart. Right. Yeah. I would argue that he's not that smart because how do you take a group of dedicated people that will do anything to achieve whatever goal it may be, whether it's wrong or not, they will do anything to do it and ruin that. You get rid of your Jefferson Hawkins, your your Mark Headleys, you 
the, I mean, there is just a large group of people that, that left there and you know, Shelly should come out. Yep. And, and, and I, she's probably not going to see this. She's probably up at CST, uh, that location where people have talked about some, I guess I should end with the message, you know, again, Shelly, uh, a lot of people love you. Um, if you come out, you would have support. Um, and you know, I, I hope that she gets, you know, something comes about, about of it. And I think that you, you, your YouTube channel about the where Shelly is, is probably going to be the impetus to, that pushes that or pushes it over the edge or the breaks the camel's back, the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know? So, I certainly yeah. hope so. And, and yes, I completely agree with you. You know, I can't imagine that in 18 years of being at CST, Shelly hasn't had the thought cross her mind, like, what the heck am I doing here? Right. And how am I accomplishing what I joined the C organization to do? Even with her extreme loyalty to Hubbard as her father figure, I still can't imagine that the thought hasn't crossed her mind that she should get out, get the heck out of there and start her life over. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Awesome. All righty. Well, any last thoughts you'd like to share for this episode or should we leave it at that? I think we'll leave it at that. If I remember anything else or, or something comes to mind, um, we'll, we'll definitely talk about in the future. And I would love to get uh, on with you and Amy. That would be a fun conversation. Yes. Um, I find your conversations fascinating. Um, awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And we'll do something with you and Mark and I too, because we yes. have stories for days between yes. the three of us. Yes. It would be so therapeutic to com compare notes on, <laughs> on, on our different perspectives, unfiltered, you know, and I'm saving my, I'm saving my one, the one time Mark and I didn't agree. There's only one our entire lives. I'm saving that story because I would love to get his reaction to it. And Perfect. See it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, thank you so much, Sterling. I appreciate it. And we will talk again soon. For sure. For sure. Alrighty. All right.